0: Welcome to Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Dr. Millicent Ravello and I are here today, and I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, by the way, in case anybody didn't know. We are here today to talk to you about scars.
1: This is a big topic, scars. Good evening, by the way.
0: Good evening to you. Good evening. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to our scar talk. That could be its own talk show. scar talk to scar talk i mean could you imagine because there's a story with every scar
1: there is right and people love to talk about their scars
0: totally yeah
1: i got this back in la 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 yeah yeah for sure there's
0: a there's a story around every scar i think uh you you really learn when you see stuff that isn't like a surgical scar okay fine you know you had your gallbladder out or whatever but like when you see like a like an arm scar that looks like their arm might have been like put through a shredder
1: it then might have been,
0: and then you it got might have, you that. Might
1: ask, be your story. Oh,
0: what happened to that? Happened
1: to your arm? Oh, I
0: rolled my car. You know, my arm was outside. You know, the, the, you hear these things, mm. you are like, "Whoa!"
1: But, you know, people don't really ask about scars. I think it's sort of one of those taboo things where it's like, you know, "I don't know if the person wants to talk about." They can be it. sensitive. They can be sensitive. Maybe I shouldn't Especially bring that facial up
0: facial scars. Yeah, bad facial scars. Nobody likes.
1: Nobody wants to talk about that. But
0: let's talk about surgical scars and scar management strategies so that after your plastic surgery fun you can get the best wound healing possible. Yes.
1: Yes, and this is a huge thing for us. This is the question I get even before I've done surgery. So doctor, what are we going to do about the scars? I'm like, let's get through the surgery first. You you've jumped the gun like way ahead here, but I get it. It's yes. it's big on people's minds because that's one of the things that is frequently prohibitive to patients when they're thinking about doing plastic surgery. Plastic surgery.
0: Easy for you to say. Easy
1: for me to say. Particularly of the breast and body because those are big scars. Breast reductions, breast implant surgery sometimes, tummy tucks. These are big scars. And so a lot of times patients are averse to having surgery because they don't want the scars.
0: Breast reduction. Breast reductions.
1: So how can we make these scars optimal?
0: Well, people always... You know, you have to kind of understand why we suture wounds closed. I mean, yes, we want them closed, but we use different types of suture to support the healing Mm -hmm. of the wound. We keep the edges of the incision in close proximity using sutures that are either permanent, not that we're not going to take them out, but they would not come out unless you take them out. So they're made out of nylon or proline or something. They're plastic and they only will come out if we remove them. And a lot of times we use absorbable sutures, such as monocryl or vicryl or these other polymer plastics that are very soft and pliable to close the wound because they will then absorb on their own and we don't have to remove Remove those
1: sutures. And they're they're on the inside of the wound. And this is always the joke of plastic surgeons. Anytime you go to a hospital or anywhere the nurses and everyone roll their eyes when the plastic surgeons come in because we are obsessed with our sutures and we're very particular about the kind of sutures we want. We want the size to be correct. We want the material to be perfect. We want the needles to be the right size shape and curvature. And so every other surgeon out there is like, oh, give me whatever you got. And we're like, no. We need the 50 PDS (laughs) on a P3 needle. (laughs) And they're like scurrying around trying to get our sutures. There's a whole cart dedicated just to plastic surgery sutures because that's how particular we are about our sutures because they mean something. We don't put them in willy nilly, they serve a purpose in making your scar as perfect as possible. Because not only is it about getting that scar and that wound closed, it's about the kind of tension that it's put under when we close and how long those sutures take to absorb and the tensile strength of them. So it's, it's not nothing when you go to a plastic surgeon to have your scar revised because we have put a lot of thought into making these scars as good as possible.
0: I want to go back to something you said. Yes. You said that the nurses roll their eyes over our sutures. That's one of many reasons they roll their eyes at the plastic surgeons. Many, many, And there's many, a lot of many eye-rolling <laughs> with the plastic surgeons come into the operating suite. Not,
1: so. <laughs> there's not a lot of nurses and techs that will want to work with plastic surgeons because they say we are particular, I think yes. is a very PC way of how they refer to us.
0: <laughs> and I just want to say the fact that you had to align your... Cup holder oh, yeah. warmer at Starbucks with the Starbucks label, which had to be aligned with the way that the the, the lid, lid. Mm-hmm. was. So that that tells you what kind of <laughs> detail that we get into as plastic surgeons. <laughs> Everything must be lined up. It must Perfectly. be perfect. It has to be yeah. in yeah. in order. That we are very very much about that. Yeah. But that's what makes the good wound healing. Yes. That's you why want it's... your plastic surgeon to be totally OCD. Yes. If not, then like, what are you going to them for? You want them detail-oriented.
1: So the nature of scars follows the nature of wound healing. And the first few weeks, you know, that first... First post op visit, the patients are like, "What can we do about the scars?" I'm like, "Nothing. The yes, wound the has m- <laughs> to heal. The wound has to heal. There is a natural progression to this." <laughs>
0: but by the way, they hate hearing that. They, they want to start him. doing stuff no, to the no, wounds no, no, immediately. No.
1: Let's let this wound heal, and it has to. It's going to take a couple of weeks for the strength of that wound to be anything near what it needs to be before we can even talk about scar management. The wounds have to heal first of all. Number one, that's and always that, a good idea. That's you know, and that can I would say in, a, in an easy case where it's a clean line. A week the wounds are reapproximated. You have new skin It's more or less healed And covered and closed Two weeks we can start talking about Scar management But if it's a big wound And it's been put under a lot of tension And maybe there's some areas That aren't fully healed yet You gotta let it heal So we're talking about three, four weeks Before 100%. we start talking about Any 100%. kind of scar management
0: Yeah, you gotta wait yeah. And that's the thing Is that there's not a lot to do And you know, especially like you want you don't want to irritate the wound while it's no. w- while it's healing. Let it do its thing. It, it's going to work.
1: Yeah. Let it, it happens. do its thing. But that being said, the earlier you can intervene, the better, which I think is what patients hear, and so they want to jump the gun, which I right. totally get. So once your wound is healed, once it's closed, what can you do?
0: Depends on where the wound is, first of all. I mean, the, the basic concepts are to use... Uh, supportive techniques. So I I love silicone sheeting on breast wounds Mm -hmm. and on abdominal wounds and brachioplasties. And so I love silicone sheeting because silicone imparts a negative charge to the fibroblasts. That negative charge tells them to lay flat. and So they don't heap up and they don't start to expand. And and it is a keloid and hypertrophic scar Inhibit method it it works.
1: The fibroblasts are the cells that are responsible for laying down collagen Which is what you want because you want wounds to heal which you need collagen for But you also want them to stop at some point stop laying down collagen because if you keep laying down collagen You're going to get that heaped up scar which is a hypertrophic scar or a keloid scar So at some point you need those fibroblasts to stop which is what the silicone is good for
0: right? And that's why we also have some uh, products that have silicone in a cream gel. or yeah. a gel, and that is also the same thing. You want that negative charge because it is going to keep the fibroblasts from, from heaping from up, heaping and that's up. what we want. Uh, you also want to keep your scars out of the sun.
1: That's a big one, so especially on the face, and I get this a lot. Um, I take you know, call, facial call, uh, plastics call at some of the hospitals. So I do a lot of repairs, facial laceration repairs. And that's the big one that I I kind of harp on here, is you need to protect these incisions, these scars from the sun. Particularly that first three to six months is when you're going to see damage from the sun. And that's usually in the form of color change, hyperpigmentation. So super important... That you use the SPF or that you put a hat on, you just keep it protected from the sun.
0: Burka. It a works. burka. Have, you, have you
1: seen what I wear when I go outside? I got yeah, the I mask, know. the I sunglasses, know. the hat. Like, that's basically what you That's
0: need. why you look like you're 16. <laughs> it really helps. So, good for you. But, but that, you, know, you know why else you look 16? Because hmm. it's the same reason that most of us surgeons don't age very much. Because we are refrigerated and kept out of the sun for, for years on end. For decades. For decades. For decades. I've been in the operating room, which is 60 degrees, and
1: mm-hmm. there's
0: no sunlight in there. And I think that's really made a difference for my skin. Oh, it's
1: huge. It's super huge. I don't, and I don't have weekends off. I don't go to the beach. That's right. I don't go boating. No, work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> boating is a way to look old. Yeah. No. <laughs> you I, you I want at- to look prematurely aged. Buy a boat, go out yeah. on the on the water, and you get sun bounced on your face from every right. freaking direction. No. It's it is a definite aging maneuver.
1: No. I stay in my refrigerated box. Exactly, I'm fine in there. No. It's
0: great. It's nice and cold and <laughs> cave cave temperature works for me. As a caveman, I like it.
1: But no, I mean you're you're right. Going back to our scars with the silicone. So there's a lot of things out there that people think they should be putting on their scars and that they try and put on their scars and that includes things like vitamin E oil, aloe vera, a really popular one is mederma, which is you can get at target or whatever. There's literally nothing in any of those products including the mederma which can be pricey that does anything for your scar. Right. They are moisturizing, they might feel good, but they are literally on a physiologic basis doing absolutely nothing. The only thing that has shown any benefit in scar maturation is the silicone. And like you said, you can get that in a gel formulation or you can get it in the strips. I like the strips in the beginning because they provide pressure to the wound, which is also a key component of scar management. Um, But if you, for whatever reason, don't like the strips or can't tolerate them, then the gel works just as well. Agreed. The gel that we have here, we have, I use a silogen. You have silogen as well. It does have a formulation that has an SPF in it as well. So huh. for my face patients, that's the, what I usually recommend is getting the silogen silicone with the SPF because you're two birds with one stone.
0: Definitely agree. The other thing patients always ask about is when can I laser these scars? <laughs> when can I laser <laughs> they them? Want laser they them. want to
1: laser them. They want to laser them,
0: like, to laser them right away. Like one. The laser is going to do something for them, but it does. It there does, are a couple things does. to do. Couple of things. So, what what's your favorite laser for scars?
1: So, the one we've been talking about a lot is the V beam. The V beam is a fantastic laser. Um, we have one here. I have one down in my Whittier office as well that the dermatologists use. Yep, and we got one in the new PZ also love. down in Newport. And its main thing, though, it's a dye VL laser, is that it targets redness it targets the capillaries it targets the dilated vessels that are creating the redness of scars and the thought here is that as basically as soon as your wound is healed as soon as you get the clearance from your surgeon you can start using this laser and you should because it helps with the redness so when scars heal they always go through what i tell my patients is the ugly red phase and that's untreated Several months, you know, three, four months, they're going to be red and they're going to yeah. be ugly.
0: It can be longer than that. It can be longer than that. I had one on my neck for this branchial cleft cyst that I had taken out. It was like at six months, it was like Still a red. red stripe on my neck.
1: For sure. By a year, things are going to start yeah. fading and healing, but that ugly red phase can be mitigated and made a lot shorter with the V-beam, for sure.
0: Yeah, I like the V-beam. I like uh, the pixel if the scars get pretty rough. You know, they, that's, they can help. that's
1: laser. Yeah. Um, I mean, sorry. That's later. It is a laser, but it's also a little bit laser. did <laughs> I say that word?
0: What What are you talking about? It's been a Turn long off. day. It's a
1: laser <laughs> that you can use later. It's a
0: laser <laughs> you can use later. Yes. L a t e r next mm-hmm. week. Later. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So yes. um, That was a quote from that song by Len. Uh, Stealing my sunshine. Oh, yeah. L A T E R next week, last week, maybe this week. Anyway, the lasers do help. Mm -hmm. Resurfacing, get rid of the redness. Tell me the weirdest thing you've seen a patient do to their scars, and then I'll tell you mine.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. There is this salve. I think it's called black salve, and it's from Mexico. (laughs) Same exact thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was going to tell you.
0: It is the worst.
1: It is the worst. I and don't know where these people get.
0: I know they get it from Mexico. They get it from Mexico. Mexico. Like,
1: don't use this. Don't use it. It'll burn your skin off. They come in and their wound was perfect. I can't remember what exactly the case was. But they came in like the next week for their post-op and their wound had like fallen apart. And What happened? Like, oh, I've been putting this black salve on it. Oh my gosh, the black salve. The, the <laughs> notorious so black salve. <laughs>
0: I've seen like a bunch of patients. And, and they, they don't... They don't call and ask or anything. They just come in with like a disaster. They're yeah. like, I don't know why this doesn't look so good. I was like, maybe it's the black sap you're putting on. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was supposed to be good. I was like, no. I
1: don't know who it's good for. How is this it still it's on the market? Good. I don't know what it is.
0: Okay, I- my least favorite home remedy that uh, for some reason, every mom thinks that for their kids, like if I do like a, like a, you know, some sort of, you know, congenital melanocytic nevus removal or cleft lip, or, or any kind of kid surgery. I have to give a strong warning to not use Neosporin.
1: I was going to say, Neosporin. They <laughs> all
0: put Neosporin on everything.
1: You know why? It's those damn marketers. Neosporin and a bandage. Together they make wounds better faster.
0: Well, 90% of human beings are allergic to Neomycin. Yes. And that's in Neosporin. Yeah. They should have Polysporin, but Polysporin's off. It's not a you know patentable thing right. or whatever. I think J&J has the whole deal on Neosporin, they cornered the market. Neosporin Neosporin
1: is fine for maybe a day. Two days at most, but if you're using it consistently, you will form some kind of reaction Definitely. irritation to it. You're going to have it.
0: a dermatitis. It's going to yeah. look infected, and it's not. Yeah. And I could always tell because the moms would bring them in. I think this is totally inspected. I was like, oh, how much neosporin are you putting on this? They're so like, I'm doing it three, four times a day. I'm like, stop. Stop. Just stop. And then it just goes away.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, polysporin, you can also have it with just, you know, with bacitracin, which is polysporin. You can have dermatitis to kind of anything, but neomycin sort of notorious for right. it.
1: Yeah, don't, don't do that. And I think the, you know, the other thing that is important if you're talking about scar management and you're doing your, tre- your your treatments is the length of time that you do them for. So I think that's super important. If you are investing your money and your time in doing the silicone strips or the silicone gel, you have to commit to a good three to six months. That's what yep. I tell my patients. 100%. If you do that any less than that, you've wasted your money, you've wasted your time because it's not going to do the trick
0: yeah you do have to spend some time and effort on it and some money and it's you know it's not cheap stuff it's not the cost of surgery but yeah. if you want great scars there's a way to do it we can walk you through it and you know it it'll it will make the the healing better
1: and make it better but okay so then say our patients done all of this and they still have an ugly scar then what it's you know 6 months 3 months after surgery they've been doing the ointments they've been doing the creams they've you know Doing everything they're supposed to do, and if they still have a thick, raised scar,
0: well, then you can inject steroids. Mm-hmm. That's a first move. Canulog, right. you know, cortisone. directly
1: into the scar, right. not into your.
0: Person. Into the scar, as <laughs> as one of my patients said, it felt like having scorpions placed on his uh, yeah. scar because it hurts. It
1: hurts because the scars hurt. are
0: thick and tight with you know nasty disorganized fibrous tissue, and yeah. you're trying to force you know pressured steroid fluid into it it's not painful
1: and if you have a big long scar a big tummy tuck scar and you gotta do the whole length of it it can hurt it definitely hurts um and the the trick to the steroid injections is that it takes multiple injections you know it can take four or five six rounds of injections usually spaced six to eight weeks apart but typically you do see improvement if you're going to see improvement you'll see it in two to three weeks and the steroid injections will flatten the scar and get it from being less raised. It will not do anything for the color. If it is a wide scar but not raised, you can't do anything with steroids. Uh, steroids really just flatten scars.
0: Right. They won't shrink it like yeah, they in won't. or anything like right.
1: that. Right. So if you've, you know, say you've done all of that or maybe you just have a scar that's not raised but is wide and just kind of ugly. At this point you have to talk about scar revision so that yep. typically means cutting it, cutting it out and sewing it back up and yeah you could potentially still have scar healing problems after that but not not usually usually when you have a scar that is raised or ugly it's because it was either done after a trauma situation or maybe you did a tummy tuck or a breast reduction these wounds were closed under tension the first time around Second time around, the skin's relaxed. It's in a better position to heal, you know, because it's yeah. not under so much trauma.
0: Yeah, because you're just doing a single focus operation of right. scar revision, as opposed to whatever plastic surgical operation you're you doing as well. Yeah, it does make for a big difference in terms of the healing. Yeah, I mean, I do, you know, once in a while I have a scar I need to revise. It's yeah. not not frequent, but there are people that typically don't make great scars, and they kind of know that their yeah. body doesn't heal it well. Right. Oh, cool. Anything else on scars? No. That's it.
1: That's it. You're done. That's all you get.
0: Well, in that case, (laughs) this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 Westcliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, Beach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rock Spa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty, and if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery our practices are located in beverly hills and i also have a satellite office in newport beach you can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800 and that will get you an appointment either in beverly hills or at the newport beach office
1: My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com.
0: We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.